Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Jared Wilson to the podcast. Jared serves as assistant professor of pastoral ministry, author in residence, and general editor of For the Church here at Midwestern Seminary. He also recently published a new book, Gospel-Driven Ministry, an Introduction to the Calling and Work of a Pastor. Jared, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. It's always great to be here with you, Dr. Allen. Yeah, so we're, we're in the studio, in the Spurgeon Library, in the studio, looking at you through a plexiglass yeah, screen here. Yeah, this is nice. I, this is new, I think, isn't it? The glass here? Yeah, we're, we're a little, <laughs> we're late adopting this. That's, we, that's uh, good. Yeah, th- this showed up in my life maybe maybe three or four weeks ago, and I thought, we should have had it like a year ago. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, here we are, and man, it's just nice to do one of these in person uh, <laughs> with you and with anyone as opposed to so many of these being over the phone. Yeah. Uh, 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 these days. But look, it's good to be in the studio with you. We're going to be talking today about your new book, Gospel Driven Ministry. Uh, just came out last week by Zondervan Publishers. And so happy for you and uh, celebrate this, this book with you and look forward to having a fruitful conversation today. But before we get into that, uh, let's give a few words of update to our listeners. And uh, even as I, I read your brief bio here, again, a reminder, you're now serving as assistant professor of pastoral ministry. And uh, of course, you came here more working with communications and overseeing the For the Church website and have been able to migrate into the classroom. That's right. And you also were, I guess, coming into third base, rounding third base on your doctoral program. Or am, That's I being, right. am I being too I'm optimistic in, I'm in the here? dissertation seminar right okay, now. Okay. Yes. Okay. So when do you, when do you think you'll graduate? I, well, the plan is to graduate in December, which okay. would mean being done with my project, I think August 15th is the deadline. So you, you better gonna, be rounding third base. <laughs> yeah. Be rounding third base, yes. Well, that's great. We're happy for you. And this is now your first year to be, I guess, to be teaching full-time. Is that right? I think that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, you're, how you're enjoying the classroom? Oh, I'm loving it. I, I, I love it very much. Yeah, there's nothing that... Um, has been as as uh, fun for me here as being in a room with aspiring ministers talking about the stuff of pastoral ministry. I, I've been able to teach a writing class as as well, and that's been uh, a blast. You know, helping those who want to honor God with their writing gifts, uh, such as they are, and being able to cultivate those things. And um, it's been a lot of fun, actually. And you have two daughters, uh, one of which is a student at Lancaster Bible College. And another of which is uh, about to be going that's, off to college. So how, how are right. you processing the, uh, the, 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 not just the, the probability, but I guess the certainty of, of empty nesthood here in a matter of months? Yeah, you know, actually, the closer we get, the more excited I get. I think if you'd asked me a year ago, it would have been somewhat, you know, not depressing, but I, I think I would have been more saddened about, you know, about Grace leaving the home. The closer we get, not that I'm, you know, eager to see her gone, but just the more— um, uh, yeah, the more excited I get about being able to travel with my wife more and just have more time um, there, you know, certainly we're trying to maximize as much time as we have with our with our younger daughter now. But um, I'm really excited about it, actually. We're we're both, you know, thinking of all the things that we want to do post uh, post child in the home. So it'll be good. Well, look, keep me updated on how to process all this okay. emotionally. <laughs> okay. My kids are just a touch behind yours, yes. but uh, but man, I can see it coming and I'm not looking forward to it. No, at all. Okay. <laughs> Well, hey, we're talking today about gospel-driven ministry. And again, your new book, again, I'll, I'll state the title again, Gospel-Driven Ministry, An Introduction to the Calling and Work of a Pastor. 
uh, your your friend and mentor Ray Ortland wrote the uh, the forward, and uh, it's been well reviewed, well endorsed, and uh, I think it's been well received. What I've gathered even here the past week or so, when I'm hearing it, it seems like it. Yeah, the initial uh, week of feedback has been really good. There, uh, Zonovan told me there was a lot of good interest um, early on from uh, different schools who were asking for review copies and that sort of thing. So the prospect to be used in classrooms um, and and other kind of training. Um, you know, context seems pretty positive. The potential there seems pretty great, I think. So you've written a lot of different books and, um, you know, articles and, and so forth as well. Uh, you've written some nonfiction, uh, uh, excuse me, you've written some fiction, primarily nonfiction. You've written a lot on, obviously, on the gospel and the Christian life and, and gospel-centered life and ministry. And, and, now, and now this book. And so tell us what, what, what void this book fills from your previous kind of set of writings? Sure. So this would probably be the third or fourth book specifically for church leadership or about the church in, in general. But it's the first book where I try to take kind of a kitchen sink approach to the work of pastoral ministry. I've, I've written uh, one book previously on pastoral ministry uh, called The Pastor Justification. And um, it includes a lot of things about the qualifications for eldership and that sort of thing. But it's really about uh, having a sense of self that is validated by the finished work of Christ, not by ministry success or you know feedback or how things are going. Um, so it's it's more um, that book would be more circumstantial, I guess, or contextual. This book really is from the beginning. How do you discern a call? How do you uh, know if you're qualified? Um, the making of a pastor, and then working through a lot of the practicalities of things: how to preach, how to um, navigate conflict, even things funerals, weddings, all of that sort of thing. So I've tried to merge. Uh, as much as I can, in as short uh, a span as I can, uh, both kind of the relational formative aspect, the spirituality of, of of pastoral ministry, with some of those nuts and bolts practical type things. Because in my in my experience, a lot of books tend to be one or the other. I've profited from a lot of books that tend to be one or the other, and I'm trying to kind of merge them a little bit. So this is my first sort of stab at at that sort of thing. And hopefully my last stab at that sort right, of thing. Right, <laughs> right. So what, I guess for those who, who will be reading it, those who will be purchasing it, what do you hope the book does in them, for them, their ministries? Yeah, so the, the major working sort of through line of the book is a ministry, a pastoral ministry that is centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in, in my estimation, uh, we're running a danger over the last several years, and increasingly so, of this gospel-centered thing simply becoming kind of uh, a tribal affiliation or the title of a book or the kind of podcast we listen to or conferences we go to, uh, kind of the wallpaper in the room. Gospel centrality is, is you know, the, the danger is it's more about jargon or just uh, kind of an Instagram filter you might put onto your your church. And, and so what I'm trying to help pastors do is to see, actually, you know, this has real impact. This ministry philosophy has, has real impact for how you understand the Bible and preach the Bible, um, how you understand how the people in your church actually change. Every, every pastor, every good pastor is invested in his people becoming more like Christ, experiencing spiritual transformation. How exactly does that happen? Uh, gospel centrality speaks directly to that. So it has real ramifications for how uh, you operate in the counseling room, how you operate um, in the coffee shop discipling somebody that you're you know, working through their spiritual growth uh, with them. Um, how you are officiating weddings, all those sorts of things. Um, so the unique contribution that I think that um, this book is making is is really trying to provide uh, a you know an A to Z approach to gospel centered pastoral ministry. 
So those who will read the book, no doubt a spectrum out there, some that, that would fully embrace kind of what you're arguing, understand where you're coming from, trying to live and practice it already. Others that they're not, you know, they're not necessarily gospel driven. They might not even be gospel aware, yeah. you know, and then, and then kind of all between. I guess let me tee you up to, to share a word or two autobiographical about yeah. your own kind of journey through that. Sure. And, um, and I'm sure many of our listeners will resonate with that. Yeah, so um, this book not, is, is in a way kind of a, a sequel or a prequel, I guess, to uh, a book that I wrote previously called uh, uh, Gospel Driven Church, The Gospel Driven Church. And that book really is about sort of the leadership transition from an attractional kind of ministry, pragmatic, consumeristic, sort of the soft moralism uh, approach, self-help kind of approach to gospel-centered ministry. And that was really kind of the outgrowth of my own uh, my own journey, um, not just personally and spiritually, but even through ministry. You know, I, I started out uh, in student ministry the summer I graduated high school. Um, my first training, my first mentoring in ministry was in kind of the seeker church uh, kind of world, the attractional world. That's where I cut my teeth and so did about 10 years in in that kind of environment and, and was sold out, didn't have a, uh, you know, many qualms about it at all. Um, and it wasn't until this train wreck in 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 my life, a uh, you know cataclysm in 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 my life, where everything began to fall apart. My my marriage was broken. My life was broken. I, I went through a significant period of depression myself. And in the midst of that, the Lord did something very powerful and sweet for me, um, in in reminding me of the good news, which wasn't something I'd never heard before. It wasn't a new word or a new thing of advice or a new paradigm. It, but it was as if it was new. I was hearing the gospel as if for the first time. And I believe I was converted before that. I don't believe I was unsaved. But it, it kind of opened the door for me to see, oh, actually, the gospel's for the Christian, not just for the lost person. It's actually not just the power, the grounds of my justification, but also the power for my sanctification. And it really um, helped me reevaluate, empowered me to kind of redesign in my own mind what ministry ought to be. And so for the last 15 years or more now, um, as the Lord began to kind of open doors for ministry, um, you know, when that happened, I was kind of in a, in a very fallow period. Um, but uh, in, in, in the wake of that, um, the Lord began to open doors for ministry again, and I'm stepping into leading this young adult ministry, and then we ended up planting a church. And now I'm trying to figure out how do you do gospel-centered, uh, you know, uh, preaching and, and, and gospel-centered counseling and, gospel, you know, so on and so forth. So this book is really kind of the outworking of the last kind of 15 years or more of the repentance tour that, that I feel like I've been on for my first 10 years of ministry as well. Um, and I draw from some of the experiences from those early years um, as well, because everything I think the Lord stewards uh, for our wisdom, even if it's, oh, I know not to do that now. Right, right. <laughs> so th- this book and others you've written in similar genre, you know, a, a lot about not pursuing, you know, not buying into the pragmatic approach to ministry. Uh, instead, you know, resting in Christ, relishing the gospel, relishing Christ, letting the gospel empower your life in ministry. And and it seems though, Jared, as we're talking here, you know, the second week in March of 2021, um, man, a lot of pastors I know, like they're they're tired. Yeah. And it's not that they're weak or they're you know subject to depression per se or are subject to feeling beat up, but it's like, man, it's been a tough year or more. You've had the political dynamics, which have been so difficult. You had the social unrest, a part of that, which has been difficult. You've had COVID, which has been so so difficult. And so I guess even as you wrote this book, and I'm not sure exactly when you submitted the manuscript, but as you wrote this book, 
Um, how much were you sensing like this message was was not only like theologically, doctrinally helpful, but but was timely and needed? Yeah. So there are some references in the book to uh, to the pandemic because I was writing, you know, in the in in, in the midst of that. Um, it's it's somewhat informed the last three or four years, uh, maybe about three years or so. I've been doing this um, uh, coaching cohort where I've got this you, you know group of pastors. I do it twice a year. We go for six months, and I've had guys all over the world, but most of them are in the United States. Um, and so for the last year or so, we've been trying to navigate. I'm trying to figure out how do I coach guys through co- the COVID pastorate when I have zero clue. I don't have any experience in this any more than they do. We're all kind of, it's the blind leading the blind. And so we're really having to lean more into, okay, where is our validation? Where is our justification? Um, and, and to some extent, uh, to a very real extent, um, you know, coming into a sense of incompetence or just weakness of, of I don't know what to do, of, of feeling overwhelmed, that's where the power of God actually becomes more profound and more pronounced in our life. Real Christianity gets to work when we've run out of our, our, our answers or at least surrender to the reality that we don't have all the answers. So um, as weak and as, uh, um, you know, feeble as a lot of pastors feel right now in these unprecedented times, um, I think we're very ripe, actually, for a great move of God, provided provided we're submissive to it. And that greatly informed, um, especially some of the latter chapters, as, as I uh, work through how to navigate conflict and division in the church, and in the last chapters on dying in particular. So how you help people who are suffering, and just even yourself, how do you begin to think of ministry, not just in terms of your legacy after you die, but ministry as a kind of dying, as dying to yourself, which is, I think, this last year and a half, if, if that's not helped pastors die to themselves in ministry, I, I don't know what else it might take, you know. Right. So, you know, again, we're talking about ministry, uh, most especially pastoral ministry, but others who would serve in ministerial settings and contexts and roles. Um, you know, how do you define a pastor? What is a pastor? Yeah, the, <laughs> well, the pastor is the, the uh, shepherd leader, the overseer uh, of, of a local congregation. Um, so n- not to be seen as some sort of, uh, you know, spiritual hierarchy. They're not any more saved or any more spiritual uh, than, member, you know, than a, a member of the flock, but they are a member of the flock who is now designated um, mainly through those qualifications and the ability to teach, uh, to be an under-shepherd of Christ as the good shepherd, to be a representative of Christ, in fact, uh, to be a, a picture of Christ to the local flock. Um, I see Jesus in the restoration of Peter, in fact, um, kind of reinforcing that to be a representative of me, to be restored not just to me spiritually, but to the church, to be uh, restored to the ministry, uh, means, in fact, that you're going to tend the lambs, you're going you're gonna to feed the lambs. Um, and so the pastor, the shepherd, as, as a leader of the church, as a designated authority um, in the church, is first and foremost to be a living example of, of the Good Shepherd, to be representative of the Good Shepherd in some sense. And so, again, as we've already kind of alluded to, that person feels unusual pressures, uh, ex- exceptional pressures, especially in this season. And, and their ability, not just their ability to, to fulfill their responsibilities, uh, you know, with proficiency, with excellence, but, but their, their ability just to, like, fulfill their responsibilities week in and week out. Yeah. From your experience and observation, and even as you've reflected on these matters right in this book, how much does that seem to, to be just connected to how, how, how deeply they, they not just embrace and believe, but how deeply they, they even 
feel the gospel? I think it's very, very much connected because a lot of um, even these things we may look at um, in terms of, uh, you know, leadership excellence or just the, the ability to read a room, to lead well, uh, to lead staff, to manage staff, all those sorts of things. Um, for a lot of pastors that I, you know, that I work uh, with who, who struggle in those areas, um, those things can be tied to uh, some kind of insecurity, a fear of man. Uh, some sense of uh, you know dearth of confidence. It's it's very rarely a lack of knowledge or lack of education. Sometimes it's I don't know this missing piece on you know the practicalities of this that or the other thing. But a lot of times it's just a shrinking back, a sense of timidity, uh, a sense of passivity, uh, some sinful tendency, some personality type things. Um, all of which being secure in Christ directly a, a, um, affect. It may not be the only influence, but it's the major influence. The more secure um, I, I know myself to be in Christ, the less afraid I am of what's going on in that room. It doesn't make that room easy, you know, to manage. It doesn't make the division or the hostility uh, an, an an easy thing to face. But I'm more willing to face it. I can kind of stand up a little bit more, you know, tall. I can I can breathe a little more easily. Uh, the more comfortability I have. Uh, in my union with Christ. And so that's a primary thing that I work with, especially young pastors um, who may be walking into contexts where they're just really intimidated by what's going on uh, by virtue of their of their youth. You know, perhaps they feel intimidated or, or, or overwhelmed by virtue of their lack of experience. They feel overwhelmed. And so helping them to say, look, you know, a huge part of the battle is knowing more information, uh, but the hugest part of the battle, the biggest part of the battle is actually knowing who you are in Christ and having a sense of the good news that when you lay your head on the pillow um, at at night, no matter what everybody else is thinking of you, the Lord is well pleased in you because of what Jesus has done. That was transformative for me in terms of walking into difficult members meetings, walking into deacons meetings that were going to be, you know, really contentious, uh, or just, you know, meeting with somebody that I'm intimidated by, um, all of those sorts of things. Uh, if, if if I'm not, you know, quote unquote, in tune with the good news, I'm, I'm at a, uh, a huge disadvantage um, in those situations. So draw a line for us then from that, 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 that heart awareness, that affection, that, that gospel rootedness to many of the mundanities in this book you touch on, the wedding, the funeral, the counseling session, the deacon's meeting, difficult personalities. Draw a few of those lines for us. Yeah, well, um, certainly the content line is the most clear. Um, if you're speaking at a funeral, at a wedding, and just your weekly preaching, um, the the content line is very clear that you want to present um, the scriptures in an expositional way, but in a way that makes much of Jesus. If 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 seeing the glory of Jesus is how people change, you want to be preaching Christ from your text in as natural a way as possible from the text, not just over the text or uh, you know disjointed from the text, but somehow from. The text. That's a clear way, um, I think, just in the sense of content delivery. The line's a little less clear when it comes to I've got to go in now and 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 meet with somebody uh, for the ninth or tenth time about the same issue that they you know don't have any you know they've never gained any ground on it. Um, uh, I was just talking to one of my classes earlier today about some counseling sessions. I almost jokingly wanted to say, "Would you like to try a new sin?" Maybe. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm bored with this one. You've got to be bored with this one. Uh, and just jokingly so, certainly I'm not advocating that anybody chooses sin, but it's just the same old thing. You just feel like, man, we're just spinning our wheels here. So the line is less clear, but it, but it's there, which is to say the way this person is going to come out of this issue or this struggle or experience freedom from this 
um, whether it's a grief or or it's a sin, you know, pattern, a pattern of sin, um, is through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit working through the good news. And and I'm on the Lord's timing with that. I might be tapped out in terms of the wisdom or experience I have in this issue, and that's why I'm getting frustrated because I've told you everything, you know, I already know, um, and there's nothing new that I you know that I know. I'm out of material. Uh, but if we have the gospel, we're really not. And so we're just now rehearsing with them, uh, you know, the power of grace. Uh, we're going to appropriate places, that, you know, in the scripture that speak to their issues. And we're just trusting that that something is going to um, happen there. But also, the good news is because of our reconciliation with the Father through Christ, we have an open line of communication with him. And so these are opportunities, all these, um, you know, uh, uh, places of vulnerability, of weakness, whether it's in the counseling room where you just feel in over your head or the you know, the elders or deacons meeting that's contentious and you, you don't know what to do. Those are all um, prompts to ask the Lord for help to pray because prayer is our way of saying, I, I don't have the power that I need to get through this or to solve this or to heal this, but God, you do. And so all those moments of weakness, of ignorance, of vulnerability, uh, of, of timidity, all of those are opportunities to, uh, for us to remember that we don't have what it takes. Ultimately, the Lord has what it takes. And ministry is a supernatural thing. Um, you know, these are our opportunities to feel that weakness and lean into the power of God in that. So that's how I think the gospel connects to the, all these little practicalities. Well, Jared, we'll leave it there. And I want to commend to our listeners and congratulate you upon the release of your new book, Gospel Driven Ministry, an introduction to the calling and work of a pastor uh, out by Zondervan Publishers. Congratulations, Jared. And thank you for joining me on Preaching and Preachers. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.